as I've been reading for the past couple of weeks. There is a scripture, Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor cease from yielding fruit. I know that God's word tells me not to be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving to present requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, I love that, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There can be times in life where I fight being anxious. There can be days when I don't set the standard of thanksgiving. And you know what I do for a job, right? Shouldn't say things like that. But there are those days. One thing I've learned, though, in the time that I have walked with God is this. The God that we serve will never strand us in a place where we don't have a God move. What can look like a place of weakness is actually the place where he's looking to demonstrate his power. He will never strand you without a God move. How does this look in our life, you may ask? Well, let's look at God's word. Daniel chapter 1. You have these young men who are filled with hopes and dreams of youth. You can imagine all the things that they were looking forward to. Their names, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Hananiah's name meant the Lord shows grace, Yahweh is my strength, only the Lord will take care of me. Mishael, his name means who is what God is, who is like Yahweh. And Azariah's name means the Lord helps or God's servant. And in a moment, everything seemed to change for them. We read in Daniel 1.1, in the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and he besieged it. Verse 2 tells us that even the house of God was ransacked and some of the holy things were taken as spoil. The king instructed the master of the eunuchs to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants, and some of the nobles. And here's where it affects the ones that I just mentioned. Bring young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had the ability to serve in the king's palace, and to whom they may teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. Verse 5 says, And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and wine which he drank and three years of training for them, so at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now among those sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And you can look at that story and you could say that's not fair. Because these were young men who were serving God. But judgment was coming upon the land where they lived. And there are times where you may feel like, God, I am pressing into you, and it just doesn't seem fair. So the goal after taking these guys was this, to wipe the slate clean of anything which represented their past, to rewire them, to make them fit for Babylonian greatness. 
You may be wondering when you go through things in life, God, why is this happening? You know, that's the kind of thing when we're in church where it's strange how quickly we will say this in our personal lives, but when we get together in church, we act like it's something we would never ask God. God, why is this happening? The reason it was happening to them is because when the enemy looked at them, he saw potential. The God potential that's on you cannot be hidden. It can't be hidden. The enemy sees that. He's going to do everything that he can to derail that. God's word said in verse 7 of Daniel 1, to them the chief of the eunuchs gave these names, called Daniel Belteshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah Abednego. You may look at this and you may say, this does not appear to be a position of power that these young men are in. They have no say in what's happening. They have been carried off and they do what they're told. They're about to undergo the hardest time of their lives. But somewhere in the course, in the beginning of this three-year program, one of the young men stepped up. Verse 8 tells me this, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he may not defile himself. Here's what Daniel did. Daniel had the faith to see the God move. And Daniel made the God move. See, there is a big difference when it comes to our faith that we talk about and our faith that we live out. As God's people, somebody needs to hear this when we can wait for that perfect God timing. I can promise you through human eyes, you will never see it if you're waiting for it. The time to make the God move is now. And for someone who thinks it always has to be exactly as they want it to be, maybe the God move was meant to be made in the middle of the mess. It's a lot of alliteration. The names that these young men were given, not only were they stripped of that God identity, but they were given Babylonian identities that praise Babylonian gods. So anytime their new name would be mentioned, it would kind of be shouting out to Babylonian gods. Daniel's name, it meant a Babylonian god will protect him. Shadrach's name, he was inspired by a Babylonian god. Meshach, he belongs to a Babylonian God. And Abednego, he's a servant of a Babylonian God. So can you imagine this? Just every, you wouldn't even want to hear your name at this point. Just don't even talk to me. If we're not careful in those seasons when we don't understand exactly what God's doing because it hasn't lined up totally yet, we can turn to this place of mourning and we can stay there. Now, the Bible says there's a time to mourn. But it can't be our entire life. Because I cannot take the time that was meant to glorify my God and turn it toward myself. I don't have that right and privilege. I am put here to glorify him. When the rain falls, when the sun shines, I'm put here to glorify him. I contend to put the focus right here 
instead of up here. And you'll know when I've put the focus in here because it'll come out of here. There was a study which was done. It was in the Wall Street Journal. It was in the health and fitness section. It was done by Harvard University. It revealed this, that 40% of everyday speech is devoted to telling other people about what we think or feel. Put that in perspective. If I talk to you for 10 minutes, four of those minutes would be spent on that subject for you and four for me and two about whatever else we want to talk about. This quote came from that article. Talking about ourselves, whether in a personal conversation or through social media sites, triggers the same sensation of pleasure in the brain as food or money. As a believer, talking about me and what I feel and what I want and how I see it, it can become addicting. That's the truth. When I do that, I don't leave room for the living God. Daniel's talk was immediately backed up by Daniel's action. The position of weakness that he was in was a place of God potential. When I taught in the school, in third grade science, there was a truth. And in third grade science, there would be a picture of a boulder sitting at the top of a cliff. And it would be a demonstration of potential energy. And the other type of energy is kinetic energy. And to get that boulder to stop being potential and to become kinetic, you have to give it a push. That boulder in life, it could be your faith, and it could, in theory, sit at the top of a hill for the rest of your life and never turn kinetic. It is time to give it the God push. It is time to give it the push and get out of the way. On TikTok, there's these videos of people, they'll take a tire and roll it off some canyon side and watch it. I'm thinking, what could that hit? But what's weird in faith is I can get that same way. Oh, don't push faith. Might muss things up. Might make people nervous rolling down that hill. Maybe it's time to make people nervous. Maybe it's time to go to that place. In 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 through 10, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength's made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. I'm asking this church to take the current situation into account. Whatever it is that the devil is holding over your head saying it's not going to change, and if it does, it's only going to get worse, take that situation into account and stop giving God's glory to it. Stop allowing the devil to just hang it over your head and that keeps you quiet. Give God praise in those moments. Do not let it affect the praise. This is the perfect time to make the God move. Here's what's amazing. When Daniel stepped up, the other three stepped up. You know why this stuck with me is this fact. God in his mercy is going to put people in your life that are going to step up in God courage. And it's going to serve as this tutorial for you. There are times it will happen. I have had it in my life. You know you've had it in your life. But here's the deal. 
God is not going to put on a tutorial without expecting you to take the ball at some point. That God courage, I can't always be when something goes wrong in a church. Well, who's a Daniel? Who's going to stand up? I'm scared. I need some courage. What if God says, you're the Daniel? Stand up. Do the thing. God's not going to leave you without a move. But God wants you to take that move, that training ground. Here's the recap of the way that story goes. Daniel goes to the person who is over them. He says he does not want the king's portion because the king's portion is often offered to false gods. He asks for a special diet, which is vegetables and water. The handler over him reluctantly allows this. And at the end of 10 days, when they bring these young men before whoever is inspecting the young men, they are healthier than those who have had the king's diet. Here's the end result. God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. Daniel got understanding in all visions and dreams. Among all of them, it says in the Bible, none were found like them, and they served before the king. And verse 20 of chapter 1 says the king examined them personally. They go before the king and he's looking at them and they were 10 times better than all his magicians and astrologers. And I like how the Bible says, in his realm. You think of this, like they're bringing magicians in. You got some guy pulling a rabbit out of the hat and you're like, yeah, but these guys are with the real God. Check out what he did. And I am so at a place where I am ready to see what God has next, I am done dragging my feet in things that make me comfortable and saying, God, bring it, bring it. That move, it set the stage for promotion. And what God doesn't do, God's not like jump through this hoop, jump through this hoop like I'm some kind of toy poodle. But what God does is he puts me in a position and when I'm obedient, there is promotion that waits on the other side of it that I would never see if I am not obedient. awesome and I love it you know at this point I could be like let's bow our heads and pray but here's where God hit me with the second part God's like read on man chapter three you get to chapter three and you had these guys they got like a whole chapter of living the high life in the king's court right But then the Bible says Nebuchadnezzar sets up a golden image in the plain of Dura, which is near Babylon. 90 feet tall, he sets up a golden image. He calls together in verse 2 all of the influencers, all the leaders, all the movers and shakers. They're brought together. Everyone with potential is brought together, including Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But what's really odd about this is you don't hear the name Daniel in this. Now, see, I'd get comfortable. I'd be like, we can do anything if Daniel's with us because Daniel step up and I'll just step in behind Daniel and it'll all be good. But Daniel is not in this picture. And as they're there in this plane, you have a herald who cries aloud to you. It's commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at the time that you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery in symphony with all the other music, you shall fall down. And you shall worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And the kicker is the next verse. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately or in the same hour, as some Bibles say, into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Here we are. 
place of weakness once again. There's no religious exemption that will get them out of this. If you don't bow into the fire, you go. Here's my question to you, though. Because there are times that you can feel like those are your choices. I either bow or I burn up. If the enemy was so certain,